Shanti Hodges is on a mission to build communities that connect people to nature. It's why she founded Hike It Baby, an organization that helps hundreds of thousands of families go hiking together. If you've been a longtime listener to this show, you might remember Shanti from season one, where we talked about what it takes to start a movement like Hike It Baby. This time around, a lot has changed for Shanti. Her family has picked up and moved to Southern Utah, where they're facing new opportunities and challenges, and she started some new projects. I'm Shelby Stanger, and this is Wild Ideas Worth Living. Encouraging families to get outside has been a big part of Shanti's goal, and it's working. Hike It Baby is currently active in over 300 cities in the U.S., and members are going on over 1,000 hikes every single month. The hikes are usually under five miles and they're suitable for anybody, whether you're a little one or an adult. Before we dive into hearing more about how Hike It Baby has grown over the past couple of years, I wanted to talk to Shanti about how she's grown as a parent and how motherhood has impacted her life. If you're a parent and you like the outdoors, you're probably gonna relate to this episode. Can you talk to me a little bit about becoming a mom? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was quite a wild adventure because I wasn't really planning on being a parent and I ended up having a child at like 41. So it was quite late and, you know, I had traveled the world and surfed everywhere and snowboarded everywhere and, you know, just had this sort of crazy alternative lifestyle. And then all of a sudden I was like, whoa, okay, I'm going into momhood. So that was a really big thing. And it was a, a quite scary, you know, because I was like, I don't know how to do this. I didn't hang out with people with kids. <laughs> so when you first had Mason, you talked a little bit about how there was some loneliness when you became a mom. And that's something that a lot of people don't expect. Yeah. I mean, the big thing for me was I had a lot of friends who didn't have kids. And so suddenly I noticed they all kind of disappeared. Like I had all these friends and then they came, you know, when he was first born and then they're like, okay, we're going out now. <laughs> um, and so I had to like kind of quickly think about how to make new friends. And, you know, that's, that's kind of why I started a little hike club in my town to like find people to hike with and get outside with. And, you know, where you could talk mom stuff. Cause it's kind of boring to talk mom stuff, you know, to, you don't want to do it to your friends that don't have kids. It's a little weird. Having a kid is a huge adventure, one that changes a lot of things in life. Shanti found herself frustrated by the lack of outdoor activities she could do with her kid. In 2013, she started a small hiking group in Portland where she lived. When others showed up, like a lot of others, it became vividly clear that other parents were craving the same opportunities to get their kids outside. And Hike It Baby grew rapidly. There weren't really many clubs like, you know, there weren't many things to do with babies other than like go to library story hour or, mm. you know, go to a splash pad or, you know, I just sort of like didn't really envision doing any of that. And there was like stuff inside, like you could sit in a mommy groups and that was cool, but, and I enjoyed them, but I just was like, I want to be outside doing stuff. So I went online and looked for things and I just didn't find much, you know, there's kind of like meetup and you could go to these meetups, but like one happened like six months ago and there was just nothing regular. And I was like, God, how cool would it be if I could just like find parents on demand really easily? So you start this organization and immediately there's pretty big response. Yeah. And it was really strange to me, like within a year, 
there was people calling me from around the country because like people would post pictures of our hikes in Portland and they'd have friends from out of town visiting with their babies or their friends from out of town would see it on their Facebook page and be like, how are you hiking with this groups of people? And so it just really seemed right away like, wow, this could really be something. And as I started meeting other women around me who were like, yeah, you should turn this into something. We should do this. And it just, I had more and more support and I had sort of this this core group of women in the beginning that were just like always hiking with me and doing stuff and really in support of seeing this be expanded more. So let's go back to those first couple of hikes. Can you just talk to me about where they were, what it was like, who came and how you felt when you finally had this community? Yeah, it was really cool right away because I met really neat people. Like when you all have sort of wanting to get outside in common, you don't necessarily have to be best friends. You don't have to be like trying to form some intense like bond forever. It was really like you could go out for a hike with someone, have a good time, have a good conversation. Maybe you'd see them again on another hike a few weeks later. So it was very casual and that was what was nice about it. It wasn't, you know, it didn't matter if you showed up all sloppy and, you know, had throw up on you and hadn't taken a shower in three days. It was cool, right? So so that was great. And then like one of the first hikes I remember was like a really rainy, rainy day. And I thought, oh, nobody's going to show up for this. And it was in Tryon Creek in Portland. And, and, and I got there and like cars just started rolling in and people started getting out, moms and dads with babies. And I was just like, wow, this is really cool. And by the time, like then this, like by the time we got ready, a huge thunderstorm rolled through and it was like hammering, like hail, storm, huge rain, lightning. I was like, oh my God. But we all still went out and went for a hike anyways, you know, typical Oregon. And um, it was October. And by the time we finished the hike, there was like 14 parents there with babies. And by the time we finished the hike, like the skies parted and it was like sunbeams coming through. And I just was like, wow, this is really cool. And everyone felt so great. And we all felt so like we never would have done that if we weren't with each other. So how did people find out about it? Was it just through Facebook? Really actually Facebook, but also like the website, I think by starting a website, because that was one of the problems is like, then you would like Google, oh, I want to hike with a baby. And so it was hard to find it. But you know, we had one woman actually on that specific hike that I just told you about this woman, Callie, she showed up with her baby and she had a really colicky baby. And so she hadn't slept in days and she was exhausted. And she had just Googled like, I want to go hiking with my baby and I need people to go with. And she found Hike It Baby, the website that we built with the SEO. And it was the website. She saw that and she's like, oh my God, these are my people. And so she came on that hike that day and was really, it was really awesome for her. And she said, I just have been so looking for a group of people to go out with. And, and with you, with websites, you can do that. With Facebook, it's, it's more challenging because there's like 1 billion trillion Facebook groups. <laughs> so tell me about some of the stories you heard early on in Hike It Baby, just from parents who experienced it and it really made an impact on them. Well, there's, there's so many, it's incredible. And like, I still see them every day and get them every day. Like I get Facebooked and emailed all the time for people telling me incredible stories and like how they found community through us. But really like my early experience, one of the things like recently, a few months ago, someone Facebooked me and said, you know, I just want to tell you, I was on that hike that you did in Lake Oswego or like, I don't know, in Selwood where you stopped the whole group because a mom didn't know how to breastfeed on trail and you taught her how to nurse on trail. And we all watched and we all learned and we all helped other women. And it was like this really empowering experience. And then we all could like keep hiking and nurse while hiking, (laughs) which is like, if you have ever had a kid and like you, you have to stop everything and sit down and nurse, it's really, it's debilitating. It stops you from continuing on your life. And so once you learn to do that, it's like this huge door opening freedom. 
So th- there's those kind of stories. But then there's the other stories like our Hike It Baby branch in Houston, they, during the, the floods, I mean, they were just devastated. And all of these Hike It Baby families came and helped rip each other's houses apart and clean them up and build them back. And so I had someone say to me once from those, that group, like, you know, my church was so busy and couldn't show up, but Hike It Baby did. Mm. So that's the kind of cool stuff that happened, like outside of just hiking. It became, became more than hiking for a lot of people. I'm really curious. How, how do you nurse on a trail? Like, how is that different? <laughs> Going back to that. Well, so the thing that's, so you're walking and you're in motion. And so you have to get the baby to latch, you know, onto your breast while you're hiking. And it's like, to a lot of people, it's really like, especially when you first have a kid, you're like, you have to have all the stuff. You have to sit down. You have this thing called the boppy. Mm. That's this special pillow. Yeah, and you got to sit on a special pillow on the couch and you got to like have your cover so no one sees your boob. And like, there's just like all this anxiety. <laughs> But a lot of women told me that once they learned to do it on trail, they could then go and do it in the grocery store and just be cruising along and doing it. And like no one noticed because, and I mean, I even, I was on an airplane once I was like getting on the plane and the pilot is standing there, you know, waving at you doing, they're like, hi. And he looked down, he's like, oh, cute And he starts like, you know, patting Mason's head. And then he realizes like Mason's on my breast, <laughs> like nursing. And he's like, oh. Uh, and he just like got red in the face. I'm like, no, it's totally cool. Like I'm from Portland. It's okay. <laughs> this is how we roll. <laughs> so, but it like, cool. it's so cool. Like when you can just like have that freedom to just continue your life as like your baby being an extension of you, just part of you. Helping parents find more flexibility and freedom isn't the only impact that Hike It Baby is having. It's also getting kids outside, which as we've learned from previous guests, like the author Florence Williams, who wrote The Nature Fix, can have an incredible effect on their behavior, their creativity, and their respect for mother nature. So there's been so many stories, not only of people learning how to breastfeed on trail, but just people affected by the program. And it sounds like, can you just real quick tell us the stat of how big Hike It Baby has grown since 2012? It's got over 300 chapters, but they start and they stop and they start again. And so it's really hard. So I'd say we're over 300 cities that are pretty active. Um, At any given time, we have around 25,000 people registered and they'll be hiking anywhere from around, you know, 1600 hikes a month. And I think with those numbers, we're probably one of the largest hike groups in North America that's hiking every single day on a regular basis in so many cities. But it's funny, we don't really get acknowledged that much because like, we're not out there like cleaning the trails or doing trail maintenance or, you know, we're just getting people onto trails. So, you know, we really look at it as it's entry level and it's helping build those trail stewards from birth on and opening doors to communities that maybe wouldn't normally be exposed to the outdoors. I mean, I think that's pretty badass. Just getting outside and getting on a hike is is not easy. There's a lot of places in the country where it's really hard to find a trail. Yeah. And that's our whole thing is that Hike It Baby isn't just about finding like this epic trail in Colorado. It's about if you live in Kansas and what you have is paved bike paths, go for a hike on that. Because what you're doing is you're building that experience with your child from birth on where they're understanding that you guys get out regularly in all kinds of different weather. Um, And you're also just, you know, showing them like, even on a bike trail that's paved, you've got butterflies and fireflies and all kinds of nature happening day and night. 
And, you know, like I've gone hiking with Mason, what I would call hiking, even though I'm just on a paved trail and it's nighttime, like in Portland, I remember once, and we're just walking along on this paved trail at night. And, you know, we could hear owls hooting and, you know, just stuff like that. And Mason could stop and listen to those. So he's experiencing nature, even though we're not like climbing a mountain. There's just so much more to nature than we think. Like it doesn't just have to be like, you know, a really insane experience for it to really cement in a child's head. Like you can literally be sitting in a park and collecting those little like white and yellow flowers. And that's an experience. I mean, it's, it's incredible how nature is so much simpler for children than it is for us. Yeah. My backyard growing up was like this dirty canyon with ice plant. But to me, it was like I was an archaeologist and I was finding treasures. And every time I found a rock, it was like the most amazing thing. So you're friends with Florence Williams, who wrote The Nature Fix, who proves that being in nature makes you healthier, happier, more productive, able to make better, faster, quicker decisions. You know, what have you seen firsthand from families and kids? Like, why is it so important for them to get outside? I think it bonds families together much better. You know, we you, you're never going to, your child's never going to remember, oh, that time you went to go see, you know, Peter Pan. But they're going to remember that time that you went to that really epic waterfall and there was a rainbow that came out and then they were, you were skipping rocks together. They're going to remember that. So we have to, we have to remind ourselves that it's like, our manufactured experiences that we create are not as memorable and cemented in a child's head forever as the outdoor experiences. Yeah. Another thing I appreciate is that you've really focused on reaching out to communities that don't often feel like they belong in the outdoors. How exactly are you reaching out to these groups that might not know about Hike It Baby or be big hikers themselves? Um, One of the things that has been always really important for me, even from the very beginning of Hike It Baby, from doing my retreats now, has always been representation in the outdoors because, you know, I recognized that as a woman in the 90s in the outdoors, I was a minority in that way. Like there was so few women out snowboarding. There were so few women out surfing. I mean, it just wasn't, there wasn't a lot. I mean, there were some, these really incredible famous women that you'd hear about, but other than that, there wasn't a lot. So I always sort of saw that it's important that space gets opened in the outdoors. And I'm really excited to see the direction that the outdoor industry is going now, but also with Hike It Baby, you know, we've been talking about this since the day we started. Like, how do we attract more African American families? How do we? There was this group of Muslim families in Southwest Portland. And I'm like, how do we get to them? How do we say, hey, you know, come out? I see you all sitting in the park. Like, how do you bring people onto trail without being like that weird person that's like, hey, you want to come hiking with me? You don't know me, but I'm like, I've got a baby. You got a baby. That's like, cool. it's not that mm-hmm. simple. <laughs> you know, I mean, I did a lot of handing out cards in the beginning and trying to attract people. And then I realized that a relationship had to be made and that whether it's like going into people's churches and, and talking about Hike It Baby or, you know, just different, there's lots of different ways to make those relationships. So to really start with creating an authentic relationship, but on top of it, also representation matters. And so like everything I do, like with all my marketing materials for whether it was for Hike It Baby or for Hiking My Way Now, you know, I make sure that there are women of color represented in all of the stuff I do so that women can envision themselves in the spaces I'm in. So they don't feel that I'm just creating spaces for, you know, a bunch of, you know, white suburban moms, <laughs> which, you know, unfortunately 
you know, that is the norm in the outdoors. And I want that to change. Do you think it is changing though? It is and it's not. Um, There's parts of it, like, so with Hike It Baby Steel, it's a very word of mouth mom to mom. And so if you have a lot of, you know, white middle-class moms, you're going to have them telling white middle-class moms. So it's changing, but, you know, I wish it would change faster and I wish people would, you know, take initiative on their own to really welcome new faces. And you have to do the outreach work. You can't just you know, throw a business card at someone and say, come hike with us. You know, you have to actually really embrace that and do the work as well, as well as showing that your organization has people of color, that you're representing people in photos and your Instagram and your social media um, and the children you're showing. I mean, the truth is at this point, we are, there's more children that are mixed race in America than Caucasian children. So there, it's, it, there's, no, there's no two ways about it. And so I'm doing trainings. I mean, you have to actually read, do trainings, encourage your community. And that means encouraging your Hike It Baby branch as uncomfortable as it may be to be like, hey, you know, do you realize that we live in a 50% African-American town, but everybody's white in our hiking group? What are we going to do about that? Like, you have to be the person to have the balls to say that. I mean, you can't just count on the organization like Hike It Baby to do the work. It has to be done internally within each community person by person and for each of us to stand up and take that initiative. When we come back, I talk to Shanti about her own son, why her family moved to Utah and what she's up to next in order to empower women and motivate families to get outside even when it's not easy. Want to stand up paddleboard at sunset in Vietnam? How about rappel down a waterfall in Costa Rica? Maybe riding a fat tire bike to see giant tortoises in the Galapagos is more your thing. Well, whatever unique experience you're looking for, REI Adventure Travel most likely has it. They offer over 250 active trips around the world and in the U.S. in a range of travel styles, and each trip is expertly crafted to maximize your time outside, exploring iconic destinations in uncommon ways. These sustainably operated small group trips are led by local guides who immerse you in culture, history, and all the best hidden spots only a local would know. Learn more at REI.com slash travel. That's REI.com slash travel. Shanti's journey with her own son hasn't been easy. Two years ago, she learned that her six-year-old son, Mason, had a sensory processing disorder. It's a condition where the brain has trouble receiving and responding to information that comes in through the five senses. But that hasn't stopped Shanti's family from spending time outside. It just means that the time they spend outside looks a little different than that of other families. Can you talk to me a little bit about your son, Mason? You said he has something called sensory processing disorder. Yeah, it's really interesting because we discovered um, about two years ago that Mason had sensory processing disorder, which meant he had a really heightened sensitivity to loud sounds. He had some fine motor issues. 
um, proprioception. I mean, just kind of like the understanding of distances of things. And like, it was just really like these things that came out when he was a baby that didn't make sense to us started becoming clearer and clearer. And now we have a diagnosis of ADHD and severe anxiety. And this is crazy because everyone's like, oh my God, you spent so much time outside. How did you end up with a kid? This is just the way his brain is wired. You know, it's just is what it is. And probably all the outside time has been really helpful. However, we also started to learn that we can't push him really hard outside. So if he's done, he's done. And we have to go in because, you know, he has a brain that's wired a little bit differently. And that's been a challenge for us because we want to just like keep hiking and like, you're, you know, you're six, you should be able to hike miles now. And some days he can, some days he can do five or six miles. And some days he's like, nope, I'm going to go down there and I'm turning around. I'm getting back in the car. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of kids with a lot of different things right now. My niece, she's on the spectrum. But hanging out with her, I just learned so much. She's taught me to be so patient, but she's also so brilliant in so many ways I would never expect. Yeah, it's, it's really challenging. Really, really yeah. challenging. Yeah. So how have you changed as a parent now? Oh, man. It's been, I mean, this has been a really hard year because we're entering school now and trying to adjust Mason to school is just like, wow, like it's just crazy. And I'm really starting to see how part of why we're on this like trajectory towards just so much miscommunication and meltdown is just because we are not adjusting to the brains of all the children around us and the people around us. And so things are happening where kids are melting down because they are getting too much screen time. They're not outside enough. And the world around them is not adjusting to all these children. And so so, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I hope, like, one thing that's been wonderful about groups like Hike It Baby is it gave a lot of parents that had those kind of kids that they recognize early on, like, oh, my kid just does not do library hour very well. He hits kids and he, and he bites and he, and he is not willing to sit still. It gives a space for those families to still connect and talk and be with other people in the outdoors and have that outdoors experience. They can read books outside. They can do all the experiences that families are doing inside. So that's really important to find community, especially when you have differently wired kids. So Shanti, you've kind of moved on from Hike It Baby. You're still with it, but you've moved to Utah. Just talk to me a little bit about why you moved to Utah and your new role with Hike It Baby. Yeah, so I'm still on the board of Hike It Baby, and I'm, you know, always be part of it. It's, it's, you know, near and dear to my heart, and I really believe in the mission. And there's an amazing team running it now. So this woman, Jessica, who started with me in the beginning, she, she's now taking it over because it was really her jam and she really wanted to run a nonprofit. And I just felt so inexperienced. Like I had an experience in like being in the outdoors, but I didn't have experience running a nonprofit. It's, a lot of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I decided to step back from that and be on the board and just continue helping make the connections and support. And, you know, so I'm there, I'm still present in it, but I'm, I wanted to turn my energy more towards my family and um, we wanted to spend more time outside. And so we moved to Southern Utah to a really small little town of 4,000 people called Laverkin. And we are guiding here and I'm hosting women's retreats and we're just, you know, spending more time with our, our son here because we don't spend time, you know, standing in line at Target or driving from thing to thing. We can spend more time just being outside and we're right on the edge of Zion National Park. So it's incredibly beautiful. Could you just talk to me about the psychology of pivoting? Because there's a lot of people on the show who have this wild idea and they're like, gung-ho, gung-ho, they go for it. And then to be 
it's a little harder to pivot than to keep going. Yeah, I mean, pivoting for me, I, I think pivoting for me is really easy because I probably have a bit of ADHD myself. <laughs> and I'm sure I gave that to my son. Um, and so I so it's not hard for me to decide a new path because, you know, Hike It Baby is on its way and it, it's really successful. And so I didn't, it doesn't need me to be successful. And I really enjoy building things and then letting it them become their own thing. And I, I've done a lot of that in my life and I'm, I'm really comfortable with that. So I think you have to be a certain kind of person. So when you start something, whether it's a nonprofit or a for-profit, you really have to stop and think like, what's your, what's your end plan? And can you walk away from this? Like, will you be ready to let it go? And, you know, it's not been easy. It's taken a couple of years of us working me out of it. But, but you know, it feels really good to be letting it go now. I appreciate that. And I, I think it is hard to pivot. I mean, and get that deep and then hand over the reins to someone else and walk away. I think that's admirable. So now you're guiding and you're running these women's retreats, hiking my way. Talk to me a little bit about how you decide to pick these amazing women to do the retreats with. Yeah, I mean, I did one on my own. And then I started realizing that the part I really liked about the retreats was not being the star. And that's kind of something I discovered with Hike It Baby as well, that I didn't really want to be the star. The part I really wanted was, I liked the organizing of it and the bringing people together and coming up with everything we're going to do and making everyone have a really amazing experience, but I don't need to be the center stage. And that's that's, you know, that's sort of an ongoing theme that I'm exploring in my life. Like, what does that mean to, to build something up? And what do you do to do that? And one way I saw that I could do that would be by supporting other really amazing women. So, you know, Myrna Valerio was a good example. And Katie Arnold, who just wrote a book, Running Home, she's amazing. And she was an editor outside for many years. So I thought, wow, it'd be fun to do one with her and do an ultra one. She wanted to get into doing retreats and I've reached out to other women about it. Um, and one woman I'm sort of, we're trying to figure out the exact fit, how it's going to look is um, Melody, who's got a daughter with Down syndrome and her Instagram is down with adventure. So yeah, so it's just like finding amazing people who have a good following, a strong voice and, you know, really want to impact women around them. That's how, that's sort of the, the goal of the women that I look to, to do these with. I really respect how Shanti sees challenges as opportunities for growth and improvement. This woman has built an amazing community and a ton of resources, and there's no doubt her upcoming work will only further those achievements. For my wild round with Shanti, I wanted to start by tapping into her knowledge about hiking with kids. I wanted her to give us tips and tricks for taking little ones outside and teaching them to love and appreciate nature. What is the best advice you can give to parents, no matter who they are, in hiking with kids? Because hiking with kids is a pretty universal thing, I think. Um, it's it, The best advice I have for hiking with kids is not to give up. Like we have days where literally we can barely get Mason out of the car and we're just like, oh my God, like why do we even bother? And it's so hard and it's so frustrating to drive all that distance and not have your kid come out of the car or want to you know, go hiking. So the thing is, is don't get frustrated and don't get mad at them. Take a deep breath. Take a look at what's around you. Do you have a book in the car? Can you pull a book out and sit outside on a bench and read a book? 
to them. Like, so just don't get so tied into the adventure that you want to have that you forget about what your child needs for their adventure. You were talking about gear, like putting your baby on your back in, uh, I'm sorry, Shanti, I'm a little inept when it comes to these things. <laughs> I don't have a kid yet. What do you call it? Like the backpack yeah, for there's, kids? Yeah, there's soft structure carriers and there's frame carriers. And thinking about their view. And to me, I'm like, oh, thank you. Because I just remember being a kid and not liking the view of like wherever I was. Yeah. I mean, so Mason, actually, we have this story I just told someone the other day about we were hiking in Yosemite, which is incredible. And Mason was about eight months old. And we had a soft structure carrier and a frame carrier. And we had put the soft structure carrier in inside the frame carrier in case, because it was a long hike, like 10 miles or something, in case he just got tired of one and wanted to switch to the other. And as we were coming downhill, there was like, I didn't, he kept crying. And we're like, why is he crying? So we pull him out, we check his diaper and he didn't have a diaper, didn't need a diaper change. Everything was fine. And then we put him on our back again and he started crying. And we're just like, what is going on? And it suddenly hit us that he was he was having depth perception. He was starting to recognize he was on our back on a frame carrier high up, and it looked really scary because we were going downhill. So he was seeing oh. really far down, and it was a steep downhill down steps, you know? Like yep. So we were going down steep. Mm-hmm. And on top of it, inside the carrier with the, the sunshade up, he was getting deafening noise because we were next to a waterfall. Oh, so, so you're probably like Vernal Falls, like hiking yeah. with that. So we were like yeah. traumatizing him and we didn't even realize it. Oh. So once we put him in a soft structure carrier on our chest, like up against my skin, quiet, you know, quietly tucked into my chest, he was like silent. And it was like, okay. So it's like really like be aware that it may not be just that, you know, your kid is not happy on the hike. Like take a good look around at everything going on around. And also like other things, like there could be a diaper pin poking into your kid and not, you not realize it, or, you know, they could be super wet or, you know, there's just lots of things. So, so just don't get discouraged if your kid's crying a lot on hikes or, you know, I hear people say all the time, my kid hates the carrier. You got to keep trying different carriers. You can't, if your kid hates one carrier, there is a carrier out there that they will like. Any must haves when you're hiking with kids? Must-haves for hiking with kids. There are so many. <laughs> well, it depends on the age, but to start, like the biggest must-have for us was a binky holder, which is like a little clip so that when your kid tosses the binky that they're sucking on, it doesn't go down the ravine and you're totally screwed and it's gone because then you're going to have a crying kid the rest of the time. So like that's super random, but it's like a $6 save, right? <laughs> And then that that's a must-have. I think also, you know, carrying something like poop happens and like a plastic bag, a simple plastic bag, when everything explodes and you end up with just disaster all around. <laughs> You've got to have somewhere to contain the poop. And then always like carrying extra wipes, extra clothes and stuff in the car. I mean, most parents know that, but you always forget. Like it's good to have just that emergency stash in the car for when things happen. What about emergency candy? I, I heard some Girl Scouts... I went to a talk and the little girl, it was, it was a talk on gear and the Girl Scouts were all listening and there was this cute little girl who's like, well, where do you put the emergency candy? <laughs> and I thought that was just a really good question. Well, you know, if you've got little littles, you don't necessarily want them on candy yet. And so totally. we, so snacks are good, but bubbles are really good. Like little tiny things uh-huh. of bubbles because if a baby's and a kid's crying and you start blowing bubbles, like they'll all mellow out. Like sometimes even like a thin little book when they're, when you have a lot of like two and three year olds, like a thin little lightweight paper book that you can, if they're just not happening, you just plunk them all down and read a book in the forest, like with fairies or something really cool like that. This is just so natural for you, but this is like another book. 
I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of little things that you just, you can do to make the whole experience better. I mean, the other thing too, is that if you have an animal, it's really good to put a kid in charge of like walking a dog for a little bit. Like if you need to, if it's a really big dog, like just double leash it or something so that you have the kid can hold a leash and you can hold a leash. But you know, like that gives a kid a sense of purpose. And if you have a kid that has a hard time with other kids or, you know, just is just sort of a tough kid, like give them a job. Like, so give them a magnifying glass or a treasure map or something and do like some make-believe. Because a lot of times that pretend on trail will keep them moving forward, will keep their attention focused, keep them excited. So, you know, you can literally download and print a treasure map before you go, like a free coloring page and just be like, okay, let's do this coloring page and we're going to go have them open it and look for things, that kind of stuff. Did you read Chris McDougall's new book? It's called Running with Sherman, but it's about running with his donkey Sherman. No, that sounds so funny. <laughs> so, so I know this is, sounds unrelated, but but it is. So he basically just proves through science that we're all animals and we all need a purpose. And once we have a purpose, things are just so much easier. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's true. I mean, I think the same with kids. They They do give them give them a job, give them a task, give them an adventure. Like we just went and did a five mile hike with Mason, but we were hiking through tunnels up here, like these old water aqueduct canals and stuff. And we were going through all these tunnels. And so we turned it into an Indiana Jones adventure. And Mason was all over it because it was this Indiana (laughs) Jones adventure. And the next day we couldn't even get him to hike a quarter mile. (laughs) Like you hiked five miles yesterday, but he had purpose. He was so excited about this Indiana Jones adventure. I love Mason. Yeah. What's the best advice on, you know, there's going to be other people listening to this podcast who want to start a nonprofit. What's the best advice on how to start one and not lose your mind? How to start a nonprofit and not lose your mind is pretty much just know that there is going to be a lot of challenges. You have a lot of cooks in the kitchen and you just have to have incredible patience And you also have to know when it's time to call it and walk away from it and let other people run it. Know that no matter how much experience you have with nonprofits, there's always lots of people that can help you around you. So look for those resources around you and be open to the shifts that happen with a nonprofit. What's your favorite hike of all time? Oh man. I, you know, when people ask me, people always ask me what my favorite hike of all time is. And it's, it's really hard for me to say because I have hiked so many different places. In Portland, I love Waclayla Falls, which is just a really easy, mellow little hike, but I just love the waterfall at the end. It's just so beautiful. And here in Utah, we have a family hike that I love called Red Cliffs, and it's just this great hike because it has petroglyphs, it has dinosaur tracks, it has slot canyons, it has a waterfall to climb up. So it's like finding those hikes with many different pieces to it is really what what does it for me. What was the last hike you guys went on? Well, yesterday we went to Snow Canyon, actually with Melody from Down With Adventure. We hiked White Rocks Amphitheater, which is, it's just like a really cool petrified dune that's white and you can just like run way high up, but it's like a rock wall. It's crazy, but it's super sticky. So kids can climb a little too high. It's kind of scary. <laughs> but then there's at the there there it's a very short hike and then there's like a white sand dune that the kids can slide down and roll down and the the sand is so fine. It's just like dust. And so that was really fun. And and you know, anytime I can hike with other families and 
share those kind of like uh, two of the, these two families had never been there and I couldn't believe it because I they hike all the time. I'm like, what? You've never been here? You live in like adventure wonderland. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's I, I sort of say it is it's Disneyland for the outdoors. I mean, for here for sure. Favorite book you last wrote? I mean, I'm sure you read a lot of books, but you've written a few books. Yeah, I mean, I wrote two books. You know, I wrote Women Who Run and Hike It Baby, which is sort of just hikes all around the country that I worked on with different hike it baby families and adventure mama families. But I, you know, I'm, I, I know there's a book in me right now and I'm trying to figure out what it is. I think it's going to be called my kid's not an asshole. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, my kid's not an asshole. He's having a meltdown. <laughs> this is a weird tangent, but if you were to write a memoir and that memoir got turned into a movie, what would be the theme song playing behind that movie? I will survive. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, mean, I get it. And I hear it. And I think that I appreciate it because I don't get to interview a ton of people who are just kind of in it right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like my life does feel like it's been a whole movie because I've been so many different things and I've, I've lived so many different lives. And, and the other part that's been fascinating is that I've lived on the edge of so much fame around me my whole life. And like my husband always rolls his eyes. I'm like, Oh, yeah, that's a friend of mine. He's like, Oh, of course it is. <laughs> like when I turn on the TV, or I turn on the Olympics. So it's been really, really interesting living the life I've lived. What's been cool is being around so many spectacular people is it has shown me that anyone can with enough push and perseverance, like really create huge, amazing things. So Shanti, any other advice to parents or parting words? Maybe the one other thing that I would love to add is for those parents who are struggling with feeling like their kid is having huge tantrums, not getting along with other kids, that they can't be a part of any mommy groups, really look for a group like Hike It Baby. Um, there's another group, Adventure Mamas. Those tend to be the families that are really no judgment and that you can get out there and do stuff with and get out into nature. And even if you're a super introvert, you you know it's a very welcoming group to all types of people and really accepts all children for who they are. So I, I really encourage you, if you're that parent and you're feeling really isolated, to go find a group like this. Making the outdoors accessible and welcoming for families, it's a goal I really admire. Getting kids outside from an early age is how we foster the next generation of adventurers, stewards, and creators. By founding Hike It Baby, Shanti not only created a community where parents can come together, learn, and get outside, but she created a way for parents to instill in their kids the power of the outdoors. Thank you so much to Shanti for coming on the show and being so open with me. I'm really excited for your next book. I hope you write it. And I hope to come visit you in Utah because it sounds absolutely incredible. If you're interested in getting on a Hike It Baby hike, go to hikeitbaby.com. You can also learn more about Shanti's retreats and other projects at her website, hikingmyway.com. And you can follow her on Instagram at hikingmyway. I'm really excited to share this episode with anyone who wants to get little ones outside. You can tune in the week after next as we talk to Ben Finley and Art Clay. They're the founders of the National Brotherhood of Skiers, and they had a wild idea back in the 70s. Wild Ideas Worth Living is part of the REI Podcast Network. It's hosted by me, Shelby Stanger, 
written and edited by Annie Fassler and produced by Chelsea Davis. As always, we appreciate when you subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you listen. And remember, some of the best adventures happen when you follow your wildest ideas. <laughs>